What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You can get them, but can you keep them? Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Stop Playing Podcast. It's your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. And today you are in for a treat because we have a working woman in the building. She ain't new to this, y'all. She is true to this dr nicole garner scott we've been connected i don't even know if you realize this or not i didn't realize it until it was about to come out of my mouth but you literally spoke at the very first event that i ever hosted ever 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 a decade ago yeah i remember that and um it's really beautiful to see this full circle moment we are really yeah coming back around we are both in very different spaces personally yeah Yeah. even professionally we're both kind of doing different things so i'm excited to have like a catch-up moment with you me too so let's talk let's start with i want to talk about your transition in terms of your career because i've been very intentional around the conversations that we're having here on the show that we're not talking business we're getting Mm -hmm. in your business Mm -hmm. but i think because so many people are in the space of entrepreneurship and it looks so different for so many people as your journey starts to progress because you have transitioned i think Mm -hmm. i don't even know we about to find out but Mm -hmm. you've transitioned i believe professionally Mm -hmm. i want to talk about what you were doing and then kind of what you're doing now and what caused that transition yeah because we know you as nicole garner scott scott the pr goat right yeah do you still do pr i still own my agency okay um i had some contracts that in the good old days when people would sign decade-long contracts i still have some of those it was and um still seeing those to to fruition um but i would definitely say i felt years ago that i wasn't serving my purpose in that Mm. space um it it was definitely for me during a chapter in my life i feel like when i was young when i was figuring out my way in entrepreneurship and i had to bet on my immediate gifts that i could see the gifts that had not um matriculated or grew yet those surface gifts that i knew i jumped out of high school like boom i know i could talk i could write i could throw an event i could do this i i relied on those gifts to intro me into the world of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um over the years i definitely had passion surrounding pieces of it i felt like i was always giving a voice to individuals that would be looked over or who did not necessarily have the ideas or the means to get that voice but as i dove deeper into working with individuals and even through that process i um I said, I'm a cat with nine lives. I opened a co-working space during that time. You did? Yes. I forgot about that. I know, that. yeah, it's been a Open lot. Open for business, it's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's been a lot of life. Um, but really working with people, I was like, there's 
it started feeling like the part that I was coming in was superficial. Mm. And it was, um, it was like, well, there's so many other gaps here and you want me to just put a big pretty bow on it and, and announce this to the world when there are so many gaps leading up to that. And because I had been in business for myself for so long, I naturally would just start helping people with those gaps. Mm -hmm. Like, where are you lacking in business in this area? Who can I connect you to to help you organize some things to get you out of a DIY mindset? Um, and then even, I mean, I thank God that people could be very honest with me, but people would come sit down with me and it was supposed to be a marketing conversation and they would start crying that to, to continue the business they were doing, they just had to basically put up their home or they're about to go through bankruptcy or they were about to um, sabotage their marriages, et cetera, because the finances were just all over the place. And I just kept hearing that and kept hearing that. but. I didn't feel like I was the person to answer that call yet. Mm -hmm. um, was it because of where you were personally? Where I was personally. Um, also, the narrative in my in my childhood narrative surrounding finance, uh, limitating beliefs. It was a, a, I call it a gumbo of all of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when something keeps knocking at the door and knocking at the door, at some point it's like, all right, all right, God. <laughs> like, Fine, all right, you're going to make me do all it. All right, all right. So um, I really started taking my own family and my own journey through just, uh, I call it like a financial healing. Mm. And through that, I had some beautiful mentors that helped me to create a new model of possibilities. So when it really came down to just financial pieces all together, all I could see what was, what was presented to me, like through social media, through um, my own community, through my own family. But I did not see what happens once those limitations are removed. Like how can you really, like generational wealth became the, the buzzword for everyone, but really how do you create that? Mm -hmm. And really how do you help restore individuals through that journey? And so I said, what better than to do than to start with my own, mm -hmm. my own family, my own uh, beliefs, my own wants, everything else. Um, and then what I really started seeing is in the financial space, there was just, there weren't a lot of individuals that looked like me. And that was a big reason that kept me from sitting down with a lot of professionals in the beginning too. Mm -hmm. It was like, I could tell you this much of the truth because I feel like you might judge me on this other part. Or I could talk about this part, but then I feel like there's an expectation that you feel like I should know all these other things that you're talking about. And then the shame kicks in, and then I just don't want to be bothered and those different things. And I was like, well, if I've gone through that, then there's tons of women across the world that's gone through that too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so I, I need to answer the calling in that space. So, whew, so good and so much. Um, when you have built a business, a very successful business in a city like Atlanta, where it's this big, mm -hmm. where if, if you are a part of the circle, you know everybody, mm -hmm. and you have become known for this thing. Mm -hmm. Even though you had done other things, I had forgotten that you had that open for business, <laughs> right? Because you are Nicole Garner Scott PR <laughs> GOAT. All right. How scary for you, or was it scary, thinking about 
almost letting go of this identity and having to start creating a new. Did you feel like? It was very scary, but I had a few things that worked out of my benefit. Um, one, my husband's job had us relocate. So okay. first we went to um, Memphis and then we relocated to Miami. So Whew, even- that was, a, was that a blessing right there from that, Memphis to Miami? Okay. <laughs> Memphis was needed though. It was needed as a part of my journey. That's, okay. where, that's where I got pregnant. Okay. That's where okay. I sat down. Okay. That's it where sat you down for a yeah. That's where while. I okay. sat down. That's where I slowed down. That's where I tapped into what I really wanted, okay. etc. So Memphis was definitely a part of my okay. a necessary part of my journey because Miami has me outside again. <laughs> but but um, it was it was moving away from the prison that I put myself in. So. I grew up born and raised in Atlanta. Very few people you'll meet that's like born and raised. And I have always been this Nicole to everyone. So I say I was the the friend that's always available to go eat. That's how I got really huge, you know? Like I was always we can we can waffle house it, we can 24 hour eat. I'm always like call, call me. You up. I'm always that friend to everyone. I'm always the event person. So either I'm putting on events or we're going to events. It was years ago where I even stopped liking, I even stopped liking my own events. Yeah, you like, working. Yeah, working, but just, just the vibe of, the, of what was being curated. I was like, where's the fun? Where's the fun? Where's like the human connection? Where is, um, what's the point of this? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, so, I would definitely say moving helped a lot. And I know a lot of women, you know, now think about how hard it is to move because you got to find your new hair girl, you got to find your new nail girl, your friends, you have support where you are. But sometimes moving is the breath of fresh air that you just didn't even know you needed. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a big reset for me personally, was moving. I never saw myself moving from Atlanta, ever. It was never in my my brain, my thought space. Was that a hard conversation when your husband said, "Hey, baby"? It it at first initially like when because it was Memphis. When he said, <laughs> "Okay, but I, it's Memphis," I was like, "What are we doing there? What's going on there?" But um, at first it was, and then I was like, "Now's my chance to go." Like, now's my chance to go. So had you already been feeling like you were getting out of PR? Like, where was this in that journey? Had you already started I, getting into yeah, the financial yeah, space? I, I would think when PR started to change across the board, I would say years back, once once social media entered into the space. So what I used to get paid to do PR is not what anyone gets paid to do PR now. Because it's different. People yeah, need different you, things. The, the budget has been split. So I also had a bit of... I was stuck with, if I'm not getting paid, this is take is chipping away at the love I have for it, mm, which yeah. was unfair to the whole thing because industries change and pricing changes and all those different things. But once you're used to getting paid this, and then it's always the con the conversation was introduced. Well, the budget's going to be sp split between you and social media and ads and this, and I was like. Well, what's left, y'all? <laughs> like, what's what left we at the end here? of the day? Yeah. So 
that I probably started seeing the 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 change of the industry as a whole and knew that this wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me. Did that ever scare you? Like what what what, what am I going to do? No. No. Mm-mm. You not, had a clear path. Not a no, not even a clear path, but I I mean I just knew it was going to be figured out. I I don't know. I just I never saw myself being desolate. Like I felt like God always figures those pieces out. Um I think now the industry now is, you know, AI coming into it and chat GPT and all these different things and for those who are ahead of the trend, they're going to make more money. For those behind the trend, they're going to make even less. It just wasn't a battle I wanted to participate in anymore, though. Mm. Um, I didn't want to have to prove my worth day in and day out. And I felt that way. I also felt like I was, um, I had built a business the wrong way, where it was very founder dependent. And did you see Emily's post? I did. And I was like, oh, that resonated. That, reading me Ooh. up and down and all around. Listen. It resonated. I um, I decided years ago I never wanted to do anything myself again. Like you being the face? Me you being the face. And I had a uh, singular syndrome. Like, What do you mean? Meaning I had to do everything by myself. Every dream I want to you happen. You were a true solopreneur. I was true solo. I was a solo lifer. Mm. Like even 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 getting married took a large adjustment for me because I was a solo lifer. I just felt like things I want to do I have to do myself, and it it trickled down. I mean I could see it in business, but after I started to do internal work on myself, I was like, oh, I see this in so many areas of my life. Like even people I would attract as friends would be the people I know would depend on me and mm. I could take the direction of that. It was a, a lot of um, awareness that I had to come into that. And so I built that business and it was very focused on me. And when I wanted to remove myself, I couldn't. Like people would be like, well, if I'm not dealing with you, I don't want to do business with it. If I'm not talking to you, I don't want to do business with it. And I had so many <coughs> capable people around me able to handle it in that way but I just built that you know with that dependency so I knew I wanted out mm. so mm -hmm. to give reference to what I just mentioned shout out to Emily Emily De La Cruz okay when she shows up cause she homegirl be missing it I want to be like Emily when I grow up okay when she shows up she shows out okay so she put up a post the other day around how so many her, her um, interpretation basically of seeing all of these very successful minority yeah. women mostly mm -hmm. who are building these personal brands where you are the face of the brand yeah. if you are not showing up you're not selling anything yeah. if you are not posting you're not getting paid and i have had these conversations for years just with my friends about yeah. like i want to get off of instagram yeah not i want to delete the app but i don't want my business income yeah. tied to an instagram post yeah. and for so many of us Instagram specifically has been a blessing, right? But the other side of that, I think we're starting to realize now, is like, what is the sacrifice? Yeah. Now that I have, you know, a, a family, mm -hmm. I can't show up or have no desire to show up in the way that I once did. But now your bank account is a reflection of you not showing up. And so many of us have put ourselves in these prisons yeah. to these personal brands where I can hire the best team, but don't nobody even want to talk to them if it's yeah. not you, which yeah. is what you are experiencing. That, and then also, too, I feel like everyone's coming into this uh, awareness of burnout. 
Like it's just burnout across the board. It's, it's this segment of this part of the generation that jumped into social media headfirst from a compensation standpoint. So if we go generations below us, many of them started off as hobbies. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was fun. It was dancing. It was etc. Our generation was caught with, if I'm gonna give this much time to it, it better produce money. Mm -hmm. So going into it from that realm had so many of us tied to equating every moment in these different apps to what is money. it? Yeah, how is this reflecting in my bank account, like you said? And now you see everyone's tired because the standard of content has risen to like IMAX production on a daily basis. It's just it's, it's, cr it's crazy. It's expensive. It's it is it. hard to keep up with. Yeah. The algorithm is changing every day. Correct. It's outrageous. And you have to be you have to be so vulnerable. And what's interesting is um, my dad always says when you're starting something new and you're trying to figure it out, you revert back to what you know best. Right. Whether that's good or bad. So in the beginning of the finance space, I was like, well, this I know PR stuff, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna use some of that to kickstart what I'm doing in this. But there's things in the in the finance world called compliance and regulations and all these different things. It's all new of Nicole can't just wake up and do what she wants to do and say what she you wants play to by say. Some rules. Right. There's some rules. But then I also started thinking like, this is if I really think about it, this is helping me pull further and further away from my dependency on social media. I'm in a space now where trust is a big factor. Right? Very, in finance. So for sure. when you're talking with people about their money, long-term plans to how they envision um, passing on money, et cetera, all of that boils down to can they trust you? And... I don't think social media equates to trust like how how we used to think that mm -hmm. it did years ago now that we know especially with the infiltration of ai now you're like does this person even really look like this did this person even say this um uh what's his name the the basketball player that wrote the apology Moran. oh yes. oh oh john moran yeah. who had a uh, chat gpt write that apology right yeah. so everybody was like oh so he apologized then 10 seconds later, it's like you saw that the apology the robot was, was on ChatGPT, which completely took out all the heartfelt moment that... And the thing is, that's probably... Who is his publicist? That's, that's <laughs> the question. They could have changed a few Come words. On. Like, just change a few just words. A couple. But the thing is, it's probably what he meant, and he didn't know how to express himself. It doesn't mean that it wasn't true for him, but it took away the trust factor. Mm -hmm. So at this point... I'm on the, the cuspice of realizing that social media actually where I'm wanting to go in life might do me more of a disservice as far as really connecting and really building with people. Mm. And um, it took these outside kind of triggers to realize that. So what was your initial first step into the finance world? Was it, did you say, okay, well, I'm going to... I don't know, focus on insurance. I'm going to focus on uh, generational. Like, what What did you, what was the first step when you said, okay, I want to get into this space? Yeah, first step. So I would say I started with the business consulting. And I really started getting into money coaching, per okay. se. 
I realize there's a lot of limitations with money coaching because there's to really change what's happening on a financial level, there's tools that's needed. And to be able to access these tools take a lot of testing, studying. I mean, you you really, the, the same way if you ever had a friend that was in law school studying for the bar, or if you had a friend that was in medical school and they kind of disappeared, it takes that level of commitment to really activate change on a financial level for people. So that's when I disappeared for like two years. It was like I had my son, I, you would see me here and there, but I was really head down in life because I was realizing if I really, I mean, I could talk to you about your mindset all day, right? Like we could talk about what are your priorities? What was your narrative as a child with money? What is, or is your, are the myths that you're telling yourself? All the things that you're getting from many black women that are out there in the financial space, which is needed, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but it's just one part of the whole wheel. And if there's no tools to be able to make it happen, then that's where it fizzles off, you know, because you can only like discipline only gets you so far. Mm -hmm. Right. Mindset can be obstructed on a day in and day out basis. Like one day you might love your children. The next day you'd be like. Somebody come get these yeah, kids. Yeah, F those kids. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever that might be. And that could change what you're wanting to do in that. So you need the Dang, tools. Dang, you gonna stop, like, planning your, putting <laughs> your trust together well, and you, getting I, your insurance. I mean, to be honest. kids like that. To be honest, though, a lot of people, because if they don't think of these tools earlier in life, it's not that they're like, forget those kids like that, but they have to make these life decisions on, am I gonna take care of myself or am I gonna take care of my kids? It's not, I don't care about the kids. It's now I'm at a position in life where I can only choose one. So is it going to be me or is it going to be the kids? And some people choose the kids with the hopes their kids will choose them back, which that doesn't always happen. That's not the, the culture of society we live in anymore. And some people choose themselves at the expense of seeing, just hoping and praying their kids can figure it out. Mm. You know, so that becomes some of those tools that's needed and that's where I really dug deep. And then also in the space where I was money coaching, I was referring a lot of people and people weren't showing up in excellence. Mm. You know, there were, I mean, I was sending you to this person and to that person, this person won't return your call and this person won't get back to you. And so I can't- So they end up coming back to you anyway. Correct, you know? And I was like, okay, like I get it. There has to be, you know, more, more options in that world. So when you say tools, what are some of the tools that you're referencing? Tools could be across the board. It could be in a, what we call like a risk management um, stage. So that could be life insurance. I feel like right now through social media, I love that there's so much information being shared through social media, but there's a lot of misinformation being shared. Especially about insurance. Especially about insurance. And I think it's, it's by design, right? Like there's, there's there are people who are making a lot of money with correct. this misinformation. Correct, mm -hmm. correct. And um, in, in, in their minds, some of them don't know better, too, right? Like, until you get exposed to what you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. And so around insurance, there's a ton of conversations happening that are unfortunately causing more harm than good. So really digging down into that understanding how to use that as a wealth building tool um, and being in a state like the economy right now 
there's banks closing, there's all these different things happening. Wouldn't you want to put a little bit more time into who you're associating your money and your dollars with in this in this world? If you mm-hmm. haven't thought about it before, in this world, <clears throat> like who are you associating your dollars with? But a lot of us just go off of YouTube University, TikTok University, and what our what our immediate circle says. So definitely those tools, retirement tools are very important. A lot of entrepreneurs just feel like retirement is just going to work out. You gonna hope for the best. Yes, or they put it all in real estate, right? Like they. That's wrong too. <laughs> no, 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 nothing's okay. wrong. Okay. So I'm not a I'm not a uh, person that's like this is wrong and this is right. I'm like, how do we have multiple things so that if anything backfires, we still meet the goal? Gotcha. So it's not a, a, a either or. It's an and perspective is how I come to it. Gotcha. But um, for a lot of us, we put it all in real estate or we put it all into trucking companies, logistic companies, et cetera. It should be a part of your portfolio, definitely. But also, what are some of those standard things that help you? Your 401ks, your IRAs, your um, your ROPs, your, your different things to make sure that you understand that. And then I also think in our community, we don't talk enough about really understanding taxation at that level, too. Like, we understand to file our taxes. And some of us, some of us have gotten burned enough that we understand not to file our taxes with our cousins and mm-hmm. our, you know, friends and them. But outside of that, like, what does this really look like in the future for us? You know, like a lot of the dollars that we're bringing in, we feel like it'll just pass down to our family because we have a will or we have a trust. But how will taxes eat some of that up or eat a lot of that up? Like having those type of talks, we don't have enough to. So I think that we have really done ourselves a disservice not even knowing Mm -hmm. with the level of access to information that we have Mm -hmm. when it's only one half of the information so for uh at least the last decade the conversation has been you can't rely on no job they'll fire you tomorrow start a business be your own boss make all the money that you can yeah nobody talks about managing that money yeah nobody talks about growing that money nobody talks about how they're gonna tax that money nobody talks about any of that and then you spend all your time making the money, but you have no clue what to do with it. So nine times out of 10, you're gonna lose it. That's gonna send you in a total, you know, it's just a, a never ending cycle because so at no point through that process, do you reach out to Nicole and say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Before I rebuild, let me make sure I'm rebuilding with this goal in mind, or let me make sure that I'm properly planning. Even I had a um, conversation here on the show about like succession planning. Mm-hmm. I had never even, thought about about this Mm -hmm. you know we talk Mm -hmm. about the trust yeah we talk about you know these things but we don't have the whole conversation yeah at least not in our community so then it's like too late when we start thinking about it and it's like well damn i didn't even think that i needed i thought okay i'm gonna get this trucking company like you said i'm gonna just buy up these properties but i didn't really have a plan for it so i think it's so necessary and it's good that you started though Mm -hmm. you know for from what i want people to take away from our talk today it's good that you did something Cause it's better than not doing Nothing, anything yeah. like that. Too many of us sit in fear and don't do anything. And that's probably the worst thing you can do. Cause then there's no opportunity or even chance right. to get it right. right. Cause you haven't even attempted to step outside of the box. So by all means, 
But I think it's, I, to be honest, Coriel, when it comes down to that conversation piece, I think it's so much deeper than, like when we think of ourselves culturally, right? When you were growing up, no one talked about money. Nope. When you found yourself to be at a certain level of success, you had very few people you could start to talk to about that, right? To have those real conversations yep. without certain other mindsets and behaviors starting to take place. Like once you start to say, hey, I made half a million this year, your immediate circle might look at you like, well, what did you do to deserve that? Not even how did that happen or whatnot, but they start to look like we came from the I same. To make that. Right. We yeah. came from the same background. We had the same things going on. I knew Cole when she was this or when she was that, such and such. I knew Nicole when she was this or when she was that. How do you deserve to even have that? So we can't even have a conversation about that piece. Then it boils down to there's just not a lot of pos what I call possibility models, mm. right? So sometimes when people leave my office and they'll be like, well, I need to go. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back and discuss this with my family. How Has your family had any experience with this? Because what are y'all talking about? Right. Like, <laughs> Is it really a discussion <laughs> or are you just going to tell them about what, it? What Has your family had any experience with this? And, I mean, even for myself, at every every day I get deeper and deeper I have a, a, a new brain wave that's popped open of possibility that can happen I, it'll be someone in my office that their generational wealth is 10 years deep mm. I mean 10, 10 Generation. generations deep right and so I'll listen to some of the conversations on um, I mean just just to give an example is a guy in my office who talked about his great-grandfather left this insurance policy for him that ended up being the reason that him and his wife were able to get their first house, et cetera. And he talks about his great grandfather with such reverence. And I was like, for a lot of us, we don't even know our great grandfather's names because our great grandfathers didn't leave anything for us. And so, I mean, at most, if you have like someone in your family that's very tied into history, then they'll be like, well, your great grandfather this, but you don't really care about that name. Like, I mean, you get it, but you, you know, it's not sitting on your heart mm -hmm. where this man has his great grandfather's this man signature. Was thinking about him. Yes. Someone he never was with even going to meet. He didn't, he didn't meet his great grandfather, but he has his signature on the back of this policy framed in his office. And 
feels the love that his great grandfather had. Someone for thought him. about me. Someone right. was planning for me. Someone was preparing versus us. Half of our family history is a secret. Yes. Can't nobody talk about it. Can't nobody ask about it. Don't mention it. Exactly. Don't bring it up. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why I'm really glad you're having this conversation because it's not enough possibility models. Even even just what you're doing like on the relationship side, it's not enough possibility models. Right. You know, like I remember when um, as soon as I got pregnant, everyone was like, well, you know, you're not going to be able to work how you used to work and move around how you used to move around and you know, Nicole, you're not going to be able to do this, and you're not going to be able to. It was so much you're not going to be able to do because I feel like I had shown up in the world as a free woman. I call myself a free woman, and I'm raising a free young black boy, mm-hmm. meaning it, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. And if it makes sense to my life and it's in alignment, then I'm going to go for it, and I'm raising him the same way, the same with my husband. Like, we're both pouring into him in that type of way without all those limitations. But as soon as I got pregnant, it was all these limitations. So I said, I got to start seeking out women who have shown that they can do it all. And mm-hmm. it doesn't all have to be done perfectly. And it doesn't have to all be done in this um, picture-perfect way. But just tell me it could all be done. It's, it can happen. It's possible. Right. And yeah. it's possible. And I became very intentional on finding and surrounding myself. Like, now I'm, I'm looking online, like, through Instagram, et cetera, of, like, badass 60 70 year old women who just are loving life because i don't see it enough i don't Mm -hmm. see it a lot i see our generation and 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 generations after like loving and living life but i want to see more like something to look forward to yes 65 gray hair healthy just doing you and loving it and all of that i want to see more examples of that and that's when i just talk about the work you're doing is important because people have to see it. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah, but when you've never seen it, when you've never seen it from someone who looks like you, who yeah. have similar stories, similar backgrounds, you definitely start to convince yourself this is not possible for yeah. me. Why? Why do I deserve it? Yeah. You know, why? how could it happen for me? Mm-hmm. So for sure, when it comes to marriage and relationships, just seeing examples that look like you, that is, is an example of what you aspire to become, I definitely think will allow you to set your sights a little bit higher for what's possible and your standards yeah. for what you will accept. Um, So I definitely want to get into this conversation around marriage and motherhood because we don't talk about it enough. Or when we do talk about it, it's like throw those podcast microphones away. (laughs) What are y'all up there talking about? And this ain't that. okay? (laughs) but way back when a decade ago, you were not a wife or mother yet. And you mentioned that even getting to a healthy marriage, right, was kind of a challenge because you were so used to doing things solo. Yeah. What was that journey like for you? Because I do think for a lot of women who are high achieving women, who have desires outside of being a wife, a lot of times people can look at marriage as a prison. Yeah. Well, if I get married, this part of my life stops. Or if I get married, I can no longer do that. Or if I get married, I can't aspire to be this thing because now I'm just a wife. Right. So what was your experience like? Um... My experience was, I would say it was very complex, but then still very simple if I really think back at it. But one, I used to really tone myself down a lot when I was dating. I felt like what I was doing in Atlanta was too much. You know, it was like red carpets, it was events, it was such and such, and I was attracting a lot of bad energy. Okay. So the guys I would be dating, after a time, they would be like, you know, um, I've been working on this mixtape. <laughs> I've been working on 
not mixtape. Wow. Okay. I've been, I have this going on. Um, what would be your thoughts? Could you do this press release for me? And I was like, what? Like my so hours. That's what you wanted. Right. Mm. My hours are nine to five, and this is my retainer rate. And if that's what you were interested in, then you could we could reset this back to that. Um, it would be that, or it would be um, I would attract guys that felt like um, the world's too nice to you, Nicole. The world gives you all what you want. Let me um, humble you. Let me humble you. Right. And that was my own. That I had to grow through that too. My own insecurities in regards to that too. To to bring that type of energy in. Um, and then I just felt like it was a point that I got to where I felt like, does anyone believe in marriage anymore? Am I on that journey myself? Like, did I grow up in a time where, you know, my parents modeled marriage, but they didn't model a perfect marriage. Like, I'm glad I got to see all aspects of their Mm -hmm. marriage. So I never had this, um, oh, marriage is perfect. I, I always knew it was work, I always knew you gonna have your good years, your not so good years. Your children gonna try you. Like I seen, you know, the whole scenario of it. Finances play a big role in marriage. Everything. Um, so I felt like I had a good understanding of marriage, but it was for a while where I was just meeting people who didn't believe in marriage. Mm. Like it just wasn't anywhere on their radar. And um, so I actually got to a point where I was just like, all right, it's not gonna happen for me. Like, I really felt like maybe I was born in the wrong Mm. time or, you know, maybe it would require for me to leave Atlanta and I was not prepared to leave Atlanta. So you you were prepared to be single forever versus living in another city. I just, I didn't, I couldn't make the other city make sense to me. You know, I was like, my money's here. (laughs) <laughs> my, my life is here. is here. My name is here. Right. And it's not like I have someone, I'm not leaving for love. It's not like that mm-hmm. opportunity had existed. So I just started telling myself, like, you know, God, if this is, if if marriage is not for me, could you just take it off my heart? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't keep wanting it um, or keep trying to figure out when that part would come. So when did that part come? Where'd you meet your husband? So I would say probably a few months after I got there. Okay. In that space. After you had surrendered. Surrender. Surrender was actually getting ready to go into thinking I was going to have to adopt. Mm. Um, I mean, I was like, if you, you ask my friends, it was like, and no one thought that was weird for me either. Because you, I was a, that type of woman. Like, she don't figure it out on her own. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this just She'll matches. Yeah. yeah, this just matches where she's going in life. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember meeting my husband. Actually, we're the funny story is we're kind of neighbors. We were kind of neighbors at okay. that time. Um, but I didn't see him as that. You know, I saw him as a really good friend that was available to help because I didn't have no man. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like I need help in these different areas, etc. Um, and I feel like we connected in a way where. That probably might have been what I was missing with some of the other guys. I didn't start as friendships with them. You wanted to make them your husband immediately. Right, mm-hmm. right. And where are we going with this? Yep. And I'm on a time yep. clock. And you better say the right answers on this date. Right, yeah. exactly. And do you believe in marriage? And 
are you really single? Like, if, if we were to put it out there, would somebody single? else say that you were not single? Mm-hmm. Like, I had all the questions, everything else, which just was all bad energy. Mm-hmm. You know? It's really desperate energy. It is. It it's, is. And it's scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. too. It's like, um, time is running out. I got to get them right now because yeah. the clock is sticking in it. Yeah. And um, also, too, I wanted to build with someone, and I felt like, I'm wasting my time with these people because it's like what where where's this energy going like I just couldn't I couldn't wrap it around in my head um so me and my husband started from a level of friendship and I got to really hear his belief system he got to hear my belief system without strings being attached to saying the right thing correct yeah correct and um, then we both had realized we had some work to do, you know, that it was, um, I think some of your best friendships are really just big mirrors of areas that you got to work on. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I was very used to being very solo. Mm-hmm. So even when he would try to do some things for me in the beginning, it would, it would be a trigger for me. Like I got this, I don't need, I don't need to depend on someone just in case they might go or whatever that might be. And um, I had to work on that, you know, and it was things he had to work on too. And we really put in that type of time frame because there's just, there wasn't a rush per se in that beginning stage. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with women who like still like their husbands because I think that's important Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about marriage. Do you still like this man? If not, (laughs) we could talk about something else. But one of the thing that the things that comes up every single time, like not one time does it not come up, is that foundation of friendship. Yeah, that I think is the commonality of just like the happiness because every day is not going to be fun. It is not going to be. I mean, you have to deal with just so much. Just if I, you don't like the person. I read this uh, quote the other day that said, relationships come into your life to show you where you're not free. Oof. And I think that was like, you know, one of those ones where your mind just goes, oh. But over and over again, <clears throat> you meet or you attract your long-term relationships at the level that you bo- you both connect in as far as like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, you're sorry. fine. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the water. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you My eyes started to water. I'm like, oh, I got to let it out. And I'm I know when you're holding in a cough, too, <laughs> it's like, oh, my chest going to explode. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Remember where you left off because it was picking up right back there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm going to let you finish, but just keep the camera off me. Okay. You need if you need a second, take a second. I'm gonna take a second, but yeah. I'm not gonna make any noise, so you can keep talking because the camera will just be on you. Okay. <sighs> okay. Just jump right into it. Uh, do you remember what the quote was? What were you just saying? I said the quote. And, um, where you're free. Your your marriage is a reflection. Yeah, you could just start could there. Start okay. So I saw this quote the other day that said that relationships come into your life to reveal to you areas where you're not free. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of those moments where my head just like, you know, the little emoji where it it shows your head exploded. But it is true as since many of us go into marriage feeling like it's our happy place, our safe place, our 
where all the unicorns and hearts live, but really marriage is a continuum of you figuring out your own areas where you're not free. And you typically meet your spouse at the level of trauma that you're at, right? Mm. So both of you usually connect. Your long-term relationships, friendships, spouse, long-term business relationships, whatever that is, there's a level of trauma that both of you can see in each other that feels familiar to yourself. That's usually where you guys connect. And it's up to you in a marriage to say, I recognize this and I'll keep working on it more so than you saying, well, I blame you for it or I'm with you so you can rescue me from this. And when you get to a point where you can figure out that this is really just your journey of you working on you, I feel like that's when marriage can get to a beautiful place because you don't have these false expectations from someone else to do things that you can't even do for yourself. Mm. I think so many people, for sure me, um, when I was engaged a literal decade ago, a big part of my problem was I was looking for someone to make me happy. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. relationship taught me that I can only make me happy. Not Mm -hmm. only can I not be responsible for your happiness, you can't be responsible for mine either. And Mm -hmm. I think that is a big um, struggle that a lot of single women have is they're Mm -hmm. literally, I was waiting on somebody to come along and save Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just gonna do the best I can until I get a husband and then I'm gonna start like really living life. Then I'm gonna ride off into the sunset. And you waste a lot of time. You're miserable for way longer than you need to be because you're waiting on someone to come along and fulfill you. And I think that's where the whole like I'm not looking for a completion, but a compliment. That's where that mindset I think. And comes it's too in. much of a burden to put on somebody else. Too, too much. It's um. I remember my mom used to always tell me the importance of always keeping your female friendships, even though it gets really hard. Like once you start having kids and see you have multiples. Once you really start having multiples, then time crunch becomes like you're you're becoming the master of time at this point. I'm working on it. <laughs> That's the it goal. Comes, yes, it comes. Yes. It comes. But, um, or if anything, you're more intentional with your time. Mm-hmm. And having female friendships as you get older, it's, it's so many reasons as to why not to show up, right? It's like, I got this going on. I got that going on. We all understand that of each other. And years can go by. But the reason that you keep those friendships is because you can't just dump all of this on one person. Like your your husband can be a lot of things for you, but you can't you can't expect that person to carry the whole weight of your soul for the duration of life. It's just that's a lot. And that's something you're unable to do for yourself. And so I try to make sure I keep friendships, you know, even if we only see each other two or three times a year, we still have the space and the openness to be able to talk through what we're going through. I think that's why therapy is mm-hmm. above and beyond a necessity because, I mean, people talk about like premarital counseling and getting to know your spouse, but what they don't talk about enough is sometimes once you've been married for a decade and beyond, you're just finding out things about yourself. Like I just found out of things about myself once I became a mother. I'm finding Oof. out new things about myself in a career pivot. I'm finding out new things about myself once I moved away from my comfort level. 
I mean, I'm constantly finding out new things about myself. And I'm like, to my husband, I'm like, hey, something new. Yep, I, got yep. a new I got a new issue yep, today. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. You know, like this is something... You know that I didn't even know existed inside of because me because you weren't that person. It's right. like you become motherhood. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, it because is because you the 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 mourning. Yeah, of your old life. Yeah, you know, like the literal death of who you were yeah. before becoming a mother. That is a very tough transition for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It is unexpected. You cannot prepare for it. Even though y'all are hearing this conversation now and you might remember it once you become a mother, it's not going to matter. You're still going to have to matter. go through it mm -hmm. the way that you have to go through it. So going through that, figuring it out for yourself and then still having to show up for someone else, still, you know, wanting to be the partner that you signed up to be, you know, in this marriage, but you don't even know who you are. Like, that is just such a thing that we don't talk about. So on the very first episode of this season, mm -hmm. my husband and I were talking about the effect of parenting on our partnership. Yeah. Because mm. we are best friends but yeah. these babies yeah take so much out of us that it's like i can't even be who i need to be for myself let alone me being who you yeah. need me to be for this marriage so it's yeah. just so many things that you just can't prepare for and you can't expect your partner to just know what to do because you don't even know what to do yeah so i definitely want to want to get into motherhood because it's real ghetto right we know that it's real ghetto but your journey to becoming a mother yeah um was one that i think a lot of women can relate to because it was a little um challenging for you so do you mind talking a little bit about that journey yeah i um i guess i thought in my mind that as soon as i wanted to get pregnant i would like it just seemed how old were you when you got married 32 you're 32 okay mm -hmm. okay and 34 when i got pregnant okay so I just had this assumption that, you know, I got married. We decided we wanted to at least wait. You know, we didn't want to do it on our honeymoon, mm -hmm. but not too far past. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, let's 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 get into this. And I remember um, getting my birth control removed and my um, OB was like, you have some massive fibroids. Was that and your I, first time finding that yes, out? Yes, it was. And I was like, well, girl, like, how are we just figuring this out now? Um, and I don't even know. I still don't feel like the reasoning was good enough for me as to why. I never had um, pain. I never had, like, pain with cycles. I never had... Um, Any of the things they say that would th be the signs. That, that would bring me into yeah. going to my OB and saying, hey, you know, can you take a look at this, et cetera. So she was like, one of your um, fibroids is the size of like a five-month-year-old child. Yeah, it was huge. I had a huge fibroid. Um, and I always had like a, a gut, but I'm thick, you know. So, so it's just, like. I just went with yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, you know. Georgia peach, like <laughs> everything else is thick. Why yeah, not the gut yeah. too? So I never questioned it, but that was a big part of my stomach was the, the fibroid, the wow. massive fibroid. So, um, she was like, you're not, it's not enough space to carry the child full term unless we remove these fibroids. So that became a mental for me. Cause it was like, okay, one, I didn't know this going into marriage, right? So now in a in a newer marriage, I have to come back to my husband and be like, well, 
is one thing that we did not know, and now we know this. Second off, this is a journey because you have to get the fibroids removed, and then you have to wait for your body to heal, and then it's just is just God's timing okay. after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to open up about the fibroids, and then that's when my mother told me she had fibroids, and my grandmother had fibroids, and I was like. We didn't have these conversations prior to. And her response was, that's just what black women go through. I was like, oh, goodness. Like, I refuse. That's why I try to talk about it more. Because I feel like so many people equate that with a black woman's experience when it doesn't. That probably became the super in-depth trigger for my health journey. journey. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I just refuse to be like, that's just what. I felt like my body had turned on me. Mm. Like, it, it was really emotional for me. It was like my body turned on me when I needed it the most. Um, but what can I do to pour more love into my body so that this doesn't happen again? Because fibroids can grow back, too. Mm-hmm. So it was that journey. And then after the fibroid removal surgery, I felt my equilibrium didn't feel right. I did the regular Nicole thing, which was to rush back into working. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe two weeks after I had the fibroid removal surgery, I had the grand opening of my co-working space. I was doing other things, et cetera. I didn't even sit in it. And now when I talk to to women, when they tell me that they're getting ready to go through that surgery, I'll be like, please schedule the time off because you'll cause internal scarring when you Mm. move too quick. And so you can't see it. Right. And many of us have that that innate resilience where we push ourselves through things. Like, if you're a busy woman, things have to get done. If they rely on you, then you're like, okay, I'm not going to do the most. I'm not in here um, on a warehouse conveyor belt moving boxes, but I have life to, to do. But I cause myself some internal scarring. Mm-hmm. How did you end up finding that out? Uh, it's through my holistic journey. So... Um, like I ended up getting into like acupuncture and like um, womb therapy and those different things and when they do like womb massages on you they can break up the scar tissue oh wow is that a vaginal massage no it's outside it's, it's your it's um, uterus okay uh huh we didn't talk about vaginal massages on this show I'm yeah. like there's some stuff going on out here that I didn't know about yes okay. and all of it's good to me okay. I think it's I think anything that is a modality that can provide some level of freedom in your body or alignment yeah Yeah. i think that's i mean i've tried a lot of different things but it was through the um so once we started trying again we weren't getting pregnant okay that's when i started looking up like fertility acupuncture the um womb massages those different things and that's when the woman who did it was like i'm breaking up a lot of scar tissue in here um, and I was like, that's when I said, Nicole, <laughs> what do you really want in life? You know, like really sitting down. And I remember talking to, I, I don't know, she was like a guardian angel. It was this woman in my office and she was renting out a space in the office and she was like a holistic practitioner. And I remember telling her, I was having a really rough day and I was telling her like, 
I'm just not getting pregnant. I don't know what's going on, etc. My nerves are kicking in. Now fear is kicking in and scarcity mindset is kicking in. The whole and thing. And that's not helpful to right. the process. Because your cortisol levels go through the roof, everything else. And she was like, Nicole, you've got to create space in your life for a child to come. And I was like, well, what do you mean? I have space. Like, I've, I've already thought out where they're going to go to school. We already got a 529 account open for them. Like, I got space. And she was like, no, like, all these things that you're attaching yourself to are manifesting as your children. Mm. That you haven't given any energy to your child. And that's why I really had to think, like, what do you really want, Nicole? Like, if you really want this child, you're out here being extra busy, like just extra busy doing all these different things and you're not giving the due diligence to what it is you, you that you're saying you really want. So that was a part of me like really restructuring my life. And that was a part too where I realized I had to get out of PR because mm. PR would would take your soul. Ain't no space in PR. It's no, it, it, in the way I built the business, it is for other women that have created you know, the infrastructure to support that. The way that I built the business, it was sun up to sundown. It was no boundaries. It was clients calling, you know, at any given time. Everything was an emergency. Everything was everyone's biggest moment. And all of that sat inside of me. So it was a lot of life change that happened during that part. Um, I love that you mentioned that because we always think, I got to go to the acupuncture. I got to go do the IVF. I got to do, 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 do. Right. But sometimes it's how, what do you need to be? Right. How do you need to show up? Right. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. the, 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 in the spirit of creating space versus yeah. the physical things exactly. that we are trying to do to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was, so I was emotionally going through all of that. And that's when my husband got the job opportunity with Nike. Um, and that's what had us move to Memphis. And I remember moving to Memphis, and I love Memphis to this day, because it was the slowest city I have ever been in. I remember going downtown, and I remember calling my dad. I was like, there's no traffic. I don't hear any noises. There, I don't see like crowds of people walking. I wanna come back, what is this? <laughs> like, it, you know, my dad was like, you have lived in so much, um, so much noise for so long that you you can't even normalize quietness and i was like all right let me embrace this so i was like i was a whole nother girl in memphis walking outside like going to the marketplace just taking my son on walks all the time like just just really had slowed down you know a lot and i appreciate that chapter in my life but it was I think it was some of it was God knowing that in Atlanta I could still only but slow down but so much right because somebody know? gonna call you you gonna need to do yeah, something yeah yeah and it, and I could say no to nine things but I couldn't say no to all ten right so mm -hmm. okay wait so you you got to the sun but where's the rest of the what worked oh you created space so created space we went through like some of the beginning fertility things so we all so the shots did you do all the needles we did the shots so we, so so we first started with both of us being tested okay that is that's for a lot of people will bring up a lot of emotion there too because the woman will always think it's her 
right? Especially given that I came from fibroids mm-hmm, and everything mm-hmm. else. But the woman holds a lot of guilt on this journey for her. I remember our doctor telling us that 50% of the time is men. Say that one more time for the people. <laughs> that 50% of the time that is men. So sometimes I, you know, recommend before you even go on this journey, just go ahead and get tested. Just kind of know where you stand on some of those different things. Because then without the pressure of wanting a child, you can start to change health behavior, mindset, et cetera, in in your own freedom. Mm -hmm. Where I felt like we were doing some of those changes with a clock attached to it. Gotta do it right now. Yeah, yeah. like like, let's get this going. What needs to happen? So was um, it his fault or was it? Was no, no, it, okay, it, no. Okay. It it was definitely like the scar tissue and everything Got else. Got you. Okay, that's okay. what was um. The, so, so the breaking up the scar tissue helped. Okay. A lot. Okay. We did the shots. The shots were not successful. Um, I was an emotional wreck going through that. Like, I wish I could have had more people to talk to through that part, but. You know, I was at the age and stage where everyone around me was having babies. And, it, and if not, like, because I'm from Atlanta, Atlanta, good amount of my friends, all their children were getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, not even just babies, like, fully. About trans- to be grandmothers. Yeah. That is so wild. Right. Transition yes. fully into life. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> um, so it would be, we were going to a wedding. Every other week, we were going to a baby shower left and right. I was taking the medicine. The medicine affects your hormones, which affects your... Appearance. Your appearance and just your your mood. Okay. Like the no, hormones and yeah, all that. Yeah. Like I mean, and, and all things affect all people differently. But I was like, I was a whole mood. Like, not a positive mood. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just and how not, long? For how long? How long did you, were you doing that? I want to say, I mean, we uh, we did two attempts. Okay. At that, we did two attempts, and I and every time my cycle would come, I would be so devastated that after that, then we were like, okay, we're gonna stop on this for a yeah, while. Yeah, it's stressful. Very How can you stressful. get pregnant stressed? You, you know, can't. It's like- right. It's the it's the biggest um, denominator on why pregnancy is not happening because you're filling your body with all this cortisol, but. You can't, I don't know, it's hard to control, too. Yeah. So then we relocated, and then we were like, we're in a new city, we having fun, like, we're not even going to bring this pressure into it. Um, two weeks in, we were pregnant. Because you what? Surrender. Surrender. The, the title of this episode is going to be Surrender, <laughs> because that's how you got your husband. Yeah. That's how you got your baby. Mm. You literally gave it to God. You yeah. said, okay, you know what? If this is not what it is, let me just focus on what I do have. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I, a lot was learned through that, though. A lot was learned. And also, too, I do love how, as a culture, we've gotten to a place where we talk about this a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I've had a lot of friends who have gone through miscarriages, IVF, fertility journeys, etc., freezing <laughs> eggs. And I mean, I can only imagine back in our parents' day when they couldn't talk to anyone about this. Right. It's if, very taboo. If at most <clears throat> it was like something they were doing in secret and who knows how things were happening, etc. 
it's very interesting <coughs> that um uh, I don't know if you know Dr. Jackie. Mm-hmm. Heard of Dr. Jackie. She was talking about how <clears throat> in certain communities, freezing eggs is just what you do at 22. Like, it's just nose Part job. You have Expect a nose it. job. You freeze your eggs. We find you a husband. And life. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Like, I mean, you, there, there's no um, chances that you're taking on. You're not risking it like yeah. we are. Whereas with a good amount of us, <laughs> Keep on, keep on. Okay. Okay. I seen it. I seen it. I was like, I don't, I don't know if she's going to be able to pull through. It's the, it's probably the air. You think it's the air? No, it's everybody in my house has a cough this week. Oh, okay. That was us. Uh, that was us last week. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Do you have the oldest one? Is he in daycare yet? Yeah. Oh, so, so yeah. Montessori. This is Montessori. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. Yes. yes. This, is this is just the beginning. Yes. Because uh, yes. we were all just sick last week. My baby has a drop. They're going to the doctor today. This mm-hmm. is the end. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know where you are? Uh, Damn it. I got to do better at that. Do y'all know where? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, yes. So, in, in our communities, you know, it's very much, we're just not talking about these things. Or we're like, we'll just... We'll just let it happen, it. or if it's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. it'll happen. And I don't think you can approach life in that type of way. I was telling you when we were off screen a little earlier, just even when I'm helping people with their financial planning, I'm like, hey, are we being intentional on planning for IVF? And it's like, well, you know, we might do it, might. No, like if this is going to be a major expense, we got to wrap this into the plan. How much does it cost? On average, is that different for everybody? Like, it, it is completely different by state. Okay, it's it's different by um, the level of doctor that you go to. So there becomes these doctors who have track records. We gonna that, get you pregnant. Yeah, like that. exactly. Wow. So I don't know if you watch the Kardashians at all, but like um, Courtney was going through IVF, and that doctor has a track record, uh, like a huge track record. So. Clearly, that might be a $40,000, $50,000 procedure. Wow. And for other people, that could be $15,000. You know? So, yeah, that's going to take some planning. It, te- it definitely takes planning. It does. Um, also, talking to people opens things up because, like, a lot of people's jobs pay for this now. So, like, when I'm sitting okay. down with you, I say, hey, let's go through all your benefits. What's everything that's there? A lot of people are like, quit corporate America. But I'm like, if corporate America is going to pay for the IVF, Let's figure this part out. First, before you right. quit that sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, so let's let's talk through those things. Let's see what all the opportunities are there. But you're not going to find out a lot of these things just trying to figure this out in your own head. This is where community mm-hmm. comes into play. And just being able to say, hey, this person did this. This person did this. Have you tried this? Here's someone you could talk to about this. And being able to bring that collective knowledge together. And I think just being open also to the possibilities but then also your route to getting there because I've known people who have paid you know literally spent their life savings on IVF were not successful and then went to acupuncture and got pregnant you know so but I think for black people specifically so much of that stuff is like woo woo and taboo and I'm not going to a witch doctor and just the, the negative connotation to alternative 
practices or alternative you know it's just a thing and so i think we have been so close-minded to it because it has not been a conversation that when you need it yourself yeah you're like ashamed of it or you're embarrassed by it so you don't open up you don't have the conversation and then you are literally in like solitary confinement i mean shame is the biggest source of poverty that there is like when you really think about it shame is the foundation of of poverty mindset Mm -hmm. and its whole totality and so shame with being able to delegate as a woman you know it keeps so many people in bondage god forbid you need help with something right i'm a big fan of help like i don't know how you do it without help right (laughs) hopefully we never have to know right i don't know how you do it without help and it it doesn't take away any of my womanhood it doesn't take away any of my um ability or my empowerment or anything of that nature i mean help help is there for a reason Mm -hmm. um i think that shame keeps us from talking i love what is it generation z how open they are with talking about their salaries and what they're getting Girl, paid. They are open with everything, baby. They are. They are. And and each part has its good part mm-hmm, and its bad mm-hmm, part, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I was seeing the other day, like on LinkedIn, people are putting how much their salaries are in like their... Um, in their bio? In their bio, yeah. Oh, wow, that's open, open. They open, open, Yes. But hiring managers are having to adjust to that now. I bet, because you, you know, ain't about to play me now. Yes, I didn't peep exactly. the profile. Yes, they, listen, this is in their bio. Um, there's, like, uh, pages now that, that are called, like, salary transparency, fertility transparency, financial transparency. Like, the world is, is in a space where you can be open, you know. It's, it's just totally up to you, but shame is what keeps shame is systematic too mm-hmm. shame was taught to it's many designed. of us yep. designed to keep uh, to keep information from flowing and so when you buy into shame you're just perpetuating that poverty mindset you know generationally too mm-hmm. so I, even with my own family I'm like well, we gotta be open like what health issues are are here like we can figure some things out prior to it becoming a, 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 a major scenario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can have peace with some scenarios when we understand what were your true wishes? What did you really want to happen? But if we're waiting till you can no longer talk, then um, the stress you're putting on the people that you say you love is, is unattainable, you know, right. at that point. So. And so with what you're doing now, Nicole got my son's policies together, just FYI. Um, That was something that I hadn't... Again, you hear about generational wealth. I talk about generational wealth. I never thought how insurance can create generational wealth or how it can be a part of that. So I loved that I had you to tap into with that. Somebody that I trust, somebody who... I know if you're doing it, you know, you're not going to have people doing what you're not doing. So I think that that's very important. And so I know that there are some people out there who want to tap in, find out, you know, how they can learn more about, even if it's not family planning or estate planning, but just properly planning for yourself. Yeah. You know, um, where can they find out more and talk a little bit about what those services are that you provide? Yeah. So um, from a financial standpoint, I like to say that my perspective is really integrative holistic planning. So bringing together the areas you might not see, the risk management side, bringing together how you're gonna actually grow and sustain your wealth, 
putting that all into a plan that you can really start to mark how you want your second half of life to look. Um, I think most of us just feel like second half of life will work out. And so being intentional about that very mm-hmm. early in life. Um, so to be able to contact me, uh, Instagram, social media, all of that is at Dr. Garner Scott, D-R-G-A-R-N-E-R Scott. Website is themoneyplaninc.com. Um, and I'm, a, I'm an open book, too. So when you reach out to me, this is a part of my life's purpose. So questions, all that type of stuff, wherever you want me to meet you at, too, I'm, a, I'm able to do that. We will make sure all of that information is in the notes below. Y'all, she hooked me up, okay? My <laughs> boys are, not, not that they're taken care of, but I feel so proud yeah. that me and my husband are intentional about, we're at least starting. Yeah. Like, you're at least going to know we were thinking about yeah. you. I'll be asking my mama, do you? Did, did I crush your mind? You just hope that I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, I just really feel like I'm going to be played at the end of the day. Like, she's just going to be like, oh, she's good. Yeah. I want my kids to know, like, homeboy is so proud of his great grandfather yeah i want my kids and their kids to know somebody was thinking about you somebody was planning for you um it wasn't just like what can i get in this lifetime it's how can i set up the next the next lifetime exactly so for sure holler at nicole because women are responsible for these things you know when if you want to become a wife you gotta think about what comes along with that Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you are the one that is managing and maintaining and making the cfo of the house you are the cfo of the house Mm -hmm. So so get your issue together okay plan for the life that you have been praying for that Mm. is what it's all about y'all i hope that you've enjoyed this conversation comment below and let us know something that you learned make sure you subscribe to the channel and share this episode with a friend because it was just that good thank you nicole thank you Cole. i appreciate you i appreciate what we gonna do next Look, we did all the things. Stay tuned. Yes. Okay, stay tuned. (laughs) Check out the next episode, y'all. Peace out. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any upcoming content. And take it a step further and go ahead and join our private community over on Patreon because it comes with some pretty bomb perks, including early and discounted access to our upcoming events, behind the scene exclusives with some of your favorite guests, the opportunity to call in on an upcoming show, the chance to vote on topics and guests for brand new shows, and I'm even giving you unlimited access to my vault of business classes where I'm teaching you everything from Airbnb to developing digital products and everything in between. And you can get access to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month, okay? Get in where you fit in, and I'll see you on the inside. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.